about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Hello and welcome to this program. Again, it's all in. That's what this program is every Every week, Thursday mornings live at 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. in the Philadelphia area, as well as online, uh, and also on the um, armiesforjesuswebsite.com about two or three days later. It's posted there as a video and an audio. Uh, and today we're picking up where we were talking last week. You know, we constantly talk about how to survive in these days uh, that we're living in. And if you don't know the Word, and if you're not using the Word of God, um, I'm, I'm assuming that you're having a tough time. Because today, without faith and without God, you have no hope, nowhere to turn. You look around and you listen to the media, you listen to the news, and they are preaching a gospel of gloom and doom. We have people in there right now that uh, are perhaps not making the kind of decisions that are in the best interest of the citizens of this country. And that happens all the time. And it doesn't matter who's in office. There is a lot of prayer required for these people. I recently was talking to someone running for office, and I said, what happens to people when they get there. You know, we get them elected, they get in there, and then all of a sudden they forget why they were elected, or they change. And um, this particular person, being a Christian, said, demons. Demons are there just running rampant, trying to pull people in every direction. You might say, how can that be? You're going to be, are you one of these demon people? You're just watching for demons all over? Well, let me tell you something, and this is a fact. If the Christians don't stand up and do something, Satan will. Lucifer will. And what you're witnessing right now is that Christians were busy doing other things, busy living a good Christian life, going to church on Sundays, but not engaging necessarily in teaching the gospel to every single creature on this planet, especially in the country where you live. I know we're all called to go all over the world and preach the gospel, but sometimes you got to clean up your bedroom before you clean up the world. And right now we're witnessing in America the cleanup of a bedroom. This bedroom has got so much clutter, it's got to be cleaned. I don't know about you, I don't know if you ever um, declutter your house. I know that's a big word these days, you know, uh, decluttering. It's amazing to me how in this country we, all of us, have gathered so much stuff. I guess the word is stuff. That wherever you turn, you have stuff. And that getting rid of stuff sometimes is a hard thing to do. Just the other day, uh, going through some of the things I want to clean out and all the old TV monitors. I mean the tube ones, you know, not the flat ones. And it's like, where do you take them? They're good. They would run. They perfectly work fine. 
But who wants them? Nobody wants them. It's clutter. And uh, you have to find where you can take these things. How do you even get rid of them? How do you get rid of electronic components from computers for years ago? There ought to be somebody out there that has a business for that. They should let me know about it so I could talk about it. Because that, I think, people would jump at if there's a way to just declutter all your old electronics. Because there's no reason to keep it. It's not going to do anything for you in the future because everything is so advanced. And so now we have to also declutter ourselves. We have to go in there and declutter all the stuff we have gathered over the years, the thoughts, and all of the attitudes, all of the fears, all of all of the concepts that perhaps were wrong. And they're cluttering our soul. They're cluttering our spirit. We've got to declutter. How in the world do you declutter your spirit? Do you clean it out? Get fresh. Well, the Word of God is the only way. When you put in God's Word, it cleans you out. It clears you out. And we have to stop thinking like we have answers and start praising God for bringing us to a new place where He is the answer and that all things work together for good because we trust Him. Now, we were talking about um, spiritual laws and spiritual rules that work in this planet last week. Um, we are talking about this country and how demons um, are trying to run America. They are, not the people now. I'm not calling anybody a devil, but I'm telling you, I don't care who you are, what side you're on. You are, you are susceptible to demon control. There are principalities, powers, and rulers of the darkness that have been assigned to government, to governments, not just ours. Uh, obviously, you can see what's going on around the world right now, and it's not nice. It's not good that the kind of demons have risen up in one country to cause them to attack another country. So we're witnessing demonic activity. What will we as Christians do about it? Will you run and hide your head in the sand? Or will you wake up an hour earlier every day and begin to pray against that particular principality, binding those spiritual forces, taking authority, rising up as a powerful overcomer in the kingdom? That's what we're supposed to do. Um, you know, right here in Mark 3.27, it says, In fact, no one can enter a strong man's house without first tying him up. Then he can plunder the strong man's house. Um, what does that mean to you? That means we've got to bind Satan in prayer. Then we can change things. He does that to you. Lucifer will come in and bind you up mentally, spiritually, and every other way, and then come in and plunder your goods, all of a sudden stealing from you. How can he do that? Do you ever ask the question, why me? 
<laughs> you know, why is this happening to me? And why is it happening now? Why is God letting it happen to me? My friends, God doesn't want it to happen to anybody. But legally, we, we open the doors to things that should not be present in our life. And we have to close those doors. We have to seal up those doors so that nothing can get in. The strong man can't come into our house and plunder our goods. But we go into the strong man's house. And we do that first by binding and loosening. We bind every principality, power, and ruler of the darkness. And we loose all of the dispatched angels that are here to assist us. Say, yeah, Art, you believe in that stuff? Absolutely believe that the system called quantum that God created, which is, is the kingdom of God operating on this earth, absolutely believe that whatever comes out of your mouth to take authority over something will be done instantly and then come to a full manifestation if you continue to believe it. So, yes, I believe that. We have to bind spiritual forces from working in our family, in our business, in our city, in our town, in our government, in our media, all over. That's what we've got to do. So, if you're a Christian, you say, you know... I just kind of, I'm going to lay back here a little bit. Man, things are a little crazy out there. And I think what I'm going to do is just kind of hang out, play it low. I'm store up extra money because I know gas prices will probably go to 10 bucks. 10 bucks? Well, some people are seeing that close to that now on the West Coast. It's going to skyrocket. And is it because we have no fuel? No. It's because people decided that that's the way they want to do it. And everybody decides what they want to do, but I'm telling you, without prayer, the leadership goes astray. We need to pray. I don't care who's in office. We've got to pray for the leaders. We've got to bind the demon spirits from communicating to our leaders what they want done. That's what they want to do. They want to cripple America. America has financed the gospel all over this world. And if America gets crippled, or if the average person who loves the Lord can't send money because they don't have money, that's what they think, then it'll stop the spreading of the gospel. Boy, we got to stop this gospel. Well, let me tell you, you're not going to stop the gospel. The beat goes on. The Spirit of God is moving on. And Christians who are living by the Word, and that's why in this hour, you really need the Word. You really need to be tithing. You really need to be giving. You really need to be operating the quantum laws of forgiveness. You really need to be involved at a spiritual level in order to not have all this critter crap, I call it critter crap, affect you or I. Okay, so how does it not affect us? We are, we need to walk in the quantum laws. We need to work, walk in the kingdom laws, the kingdom of God. And if we're operating in that kingdom, then the Babylonian kingdom or the earthly kingdom 
cannot affect us. Oh yeah, they'll charge us more money, but we've got to believe for more money. Can you do that? Yes. Can I get more money without going to work? Yes. Will I have to work? Yes. <laughs> Can I just sit home and wish for it? No. You need to work and you need to get out and do what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do. You know, more ideas and more businesses are being born right now than ever before. And the reason for that is because, first of all, people need to uh, make more money, but also they need we need Christian people to be operating and owning businesses that make millions of dollars so that they and their tithe and their offering can begin to affect this world in a way that perhaps we've never seen before. But ideas are coming, and the Christians ought to be among those that are starting businesses and becoming millionaires overnight. I mean, you hear these stories every day about people becoming billionaires. How in the world does somebody become a billionaire in a couple of years? Well, you got to start somewhere. And it's unfortunate if the person doesn't even know the Lord, and then they use the same rules and laws that the Lord showed us to use. But as a Christian, you're just too holy. You're too religious. Or you're too... Uh, God doesn't want us rich. He doesn't want us, you know, it's easier for the camel to go through the eye of the needle than the rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Cut me a break. That is not what it says. It says the camel through the eye of the needle. But you know what the eye of the needle was? The eye of the needle was, a, was an opening in, in the wall in, in the fort. And it was just big enough that the camel could get through on its knees if it took off all the bags on its sides. So that's the way it is. We can get through the eye of the needle. We just got to take off all of the stuff that we're trying to be greedily holding on to. There's, the, it's not the love of money that's the root of all evil. I mean, it is, it's not money that's the root of all evil. It's the love of it. Don't love it so much that you don't give it away. Give it away. It'll come back. That's what we're supposed to do. The love of money is the root of all evil. But money is used for good and for evil, just like your tongue, by the way. Your tongue is just like money. It's used for good and evil. And you're probably the, one of the ones doing that. So you have to control your tongue. We have to control what's going on. We have to take authority in the spirit world in a way that we make a difference here in this country. Um, the enemy keeps assigning people to run the government, uh, and what we can do to stop it is what we have to do. So here in Exodus 11.3, it says, The Lord made the Egyptians favorably disposed towards the people, and Moses himself was highly regarded in Egypt by Pharaoh's officials and by the people. So in these in, in the midst of all this, what we got, have to do is find favor with God. We have to get the favor of God working, just like the Egyptians here were favor, favorably disposed toward the people. They gave them all their gold just to get rid of them. Can you imagine? Wouldn't it be great if the, world, if the Christians made so much noise and, 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 and preached the gospel in such a way that all of those that had gold and riches say, Hey, look, here's a million bucks. Just take a vacation. Go, go somewhere. Get away. 
Here's money. Just don't, don't keep talking about this stuff. You know, the Lord wants to bless the Christians, but the Christians have to actually be Christians. You've got to start believing what the, God, the Bible says. And I know there's people out there and may immediately say, you know, you're talking about getting things and you're materialistic. And listen, listen, I'm wearing clothes because they're materialistic. I drive a car. Yes, it's materialistic. You eat food. It's materialistic. It's time for the Christians to take ownership of this world and take back what was stolen <coughs> and then give it. Go give it. You know how much we good we can do with money to help people that are poor, that don't have money, and then we teach them how they can get it using the Word of God? That is what the gospel is about. We have to teach the gospel. We have to teach the people. We have to reach the people. And we have to teach the people. And we have to then demonstrate how the power of God works. I said last week, I said, if you don't have enough money, get more. And some people said, well, Art, it sounds so selfish. Does it? Does it really? Make a list of 10 people that's houses that you can pay off. And then go get the money and pay off those houses. Is that selfish? Well, I'm not, I can't do that. I have my own responsibilities. Do you really? Now that's selfish. Your own responsibility. Take care of me. That's what we hear. I'm going to take care of me. Oh, I'm retired now. I can't make, I can only make so much. What are you talking about? You can only make so much. So now the government tells you how much abundance you can, you can have. When you reach a certain age, there's no limit. But I know at certain times there is. So just make more and then pay the taxes if that's what it is. But give. Give the money, help people, help them become debt-free, teach them why they need to stay debt-free, spread the gospel, feed money to the ministries, feed the poor, find clothes for those that need it. That's what the gospel is. And if you tell me, well, you know, I'm, I'm pretty set. I don't have to think about that. I'm just going to enjoy my life with my family, doing the things I want to do. I worked my whole life. And now I'm just going to lay it up here. Oh, cut me a break. Wait till you get to meet the Father. And he says, you know, I set you all up with all these contacts. You have all these things that took your whole life for me to get you in position. And then you just drop the whole ball. Your Father had a conversation with you in heaven before you got here. And he has a plan for you. And that plan does not include doing nothing. There is no word in the Bible for retirement. It doesn't exist. Now, does that mean you can't enjoy life? Absolutely not. Does that mean you can't own a home down in the warm weather and one up here in our area, wherever you are? Absolutely not. But there's more. There's more. This is America. It's still America. Don't let them take it and tell you you can't make more money. You can't do this. You can't do, oh yeah, if you don't get certain things, uh, you can't even do business. You can't even enter a building. Well, really? You see, when David was praying to God and the king passed a law that said no one can pray to any God 
for the next, I forget how long. And the minute, or they would be subject to death, I guess it was. And David immediately went home, opened his windows towards the king's castle, and began to praise God. Do you have that kind of courage? Do you have the kind of courage that if somebody says you can't do it, you can't worship God, you can't do this, that you simply go ahead and you just do it? And then, of course, they threw him in the lion's den. But, of course, God came to the rescue, and the lions didn't touch him. I'm telling you, it is time for the church to be the church. If you're a pastor and you're not stirring up your people, you're, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. This is the day for the Word of God to be taught, to be preached, to be brought forth in a way that every single person in the church congregation is seeing miracles happen every day. Every day. Every day because that is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is alive. The kingdom of God is working, except if you stop it, if you don't work it. Right now we're dealing with, we talked about the seven mountains last week, where demons took over. Demons took over. They took over the mountain of religion. That's it. You know, let's just be religious. Let's come together. Don't rock the boat. Let's just come and do our weekly ritual, and let's just be calm. You're going to go to heaven. The ones you lost went to, and you'll go there too. Let's just get involved, and let's have our bake sales. Wonderful. Do that. But don't stop there. Don't stop there. Don't let religion stop you from knowing the Word of God, using the Word of God and using it in such a way that people are benefited from it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and Saturday, and then back at church or Saturday or whatever, whatever day you go, back to get rejuvenated, but then go out and do the gospel. Don't let this religious demon stop you from using the word. Uh, family right now, schools everywhere, man, uh, trying to take over your family trying to teach your kids values and core values that you would never have dreamed that you would allow your kids to be taught, and yet it's being taught. Um, we have the mountain of education, which is what I'm referring to here. And, and of course, that education involves there is no God. We can't have the Pledge of Allegiance. We can't pray to God because we might offend somebody else. Come on. Are you listening to this? If you are a Christian, it's time to get involved. If you're retired, it's even better because you have time to get down to your local school and get involved in the church. Get involved in places where you can definitely make a difference. The government, big time. You know, we should be knocking on their door every day, making sure the gospel of Jesus Christ is a part of everything and every decision they make. And if we're not doing that, what are we doing? I mean, you're just allowing demons to run the government, and they will. You do nothing, they'll do something. Now, I do see a surge, and I do see a lot of good people starting to get involved. I believe we're about to have a great awakening, but you and I need to support those people. We need to get out there and raise money for them. Again, there's the money thing. They need money, and oftentimes the person who gets in office 
It's just because they had more money and they ran a bigger campaign and got their name in front of more people. So what's with that? What are you going to do to help that? Have you given 500 bucks to a candidate? Have you given a thousand? Have you given 5,000, 10,000? How about a hundred thousand? Okay, Art, it's not legal to give so, you can only give so much money. Give what you can give. Do it legally, but get involved and help others to give. Teach them. It's time for the church to be the church. It's time to wake up. So you got government, you got media. Oh my gosh, media. Now today media has a bigger stance, obviously, because everybody and anybody can have a blog, online podcast. You can have all kinds of things out there that you can do to uh, for the media. But then you have the major media who are definitely run by demons in most cases, not all cases, but most cases. And so... What we have to do is we have to get involved in that media. Maybe you need to do a podcast. Now, one of the things that's happened, obviously, is you can only say certain things on on certain uh, platforms because they'll kick you off if it doesn't agree with what they consider to be truth. Well, that day is coming where there will be other platforms for you to put that stuff on, and you need to do that. So if you're called to be part of the media, to even, even if you have 10 followers, that's 10 people that you're spreading the message to. And I know if you have 10, you'll, God will bless it, and you'll end up with 20 at some point, and you'll end up with 50. So if you have a, even 50 or 100 people listening to your, your podcast or to your, your information, that's 50 people. You're doing something. So let's not... Sit back. That's the point. So we have media, we have arts and entertainment, and of course we have business. Arts and entertainment is a big one. Everybody just kind of laid back from that and uh, let the people with money control arts and entertainment. Um, and so what happens is you get all kind of crazy art. One's depicting very much vulgarity towards the Lord. And uh, just, you know, we, we sit back as if we're... Nothing's wrong. That's my point. You're a Christian, and if you're set with some money, if you're in retirement, or if you are just getting started, doesn't matter. You play a role in what's going on right now in this country. And it's time. It is time for you and I to do our part. God has a plan. He has a plan for you right now. He has a plan, a special plan for you and for me, and we are going to come together and carry out that plan, because it's time. You know, Jesus is coming back. Have you ever heard that? Sooner than you think. Have you heard that? I believe it is sooner than you think. Everybody always thinks they have plenty of time. We got time. Look around. We got wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, famines. We have right now all the makings of the culmination of what the Bible has talked about. The manufacturer's handbook, the Bible, has given us all a plan for what's about to come to pass. All I'm trying to do is stir us up so nobody misses out on being a part of that plan. You know, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, yeah, you're going to heaven. 
but there's so much more, so much more. Wouldn't you like to walk the streets of heaven and ha have the memory of what you actually accomplished following you on that planet, the planet heaven? And people saying, wow, you were there when this happened. You were there when that happened. So we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Don't go away. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. 2 Chronicles 7.14 WFYL reminds you to pray for America. It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. And we're back. And uh, now, so let's talk about God's favor. So on each one of us, God wants his favor to operate. What does that mean? Favor produces a lot of things. God's favor, and I'll give you scriptures. I'm not going to read them all, but I'm going to go through this kind of quickly here. But favor produces supernatural increase. What is supernatural increase? It's your life being blessed supernaturally with financial increase in ways that you never dreamed of. And if you go to Genesis 39, verse 21, you can read about that. I'm not going to read that right now. But it also produces restoration. You can be restored. If your reputation has been destroyed, or if you have done things in your life that have really ruined your name, and you need restoration, God's favor produces restoration. And you'll find that in Exodus 3, 21. Honor. God's favor produces honor. You say, what do you, what do you mean, honor? Well, to be honored and looked up to instead of being looked down on. Most people are familiar with the fact that people try to elevate themselves above you. But when you're honored for something you do well, it feels good. And God's favor produces honor. And it, it produces honor not only among your peers, but it produces honor among your enemies. Yeah, among your enemies. The ones who don't like you will actually honor you according to Exodus 11.3. So read it. Exodus 11.3. Now, increased assets. Do you need more assets? Have you done your, your retirement planning like I was talking about earlier? And now, to increase your assets, God's favor will increase your assets. Properties that you can own that you didn't have to pay for normally the way you have to do, and you didn't need a bank to get them. How about that? Assets. Where's that, Art? Well, Deuteronomy 33:23. God produced favor and increased assets. Go read it. Victory. Victory over what? Victory over battles. Victory over any circumstance that you're facing today. You can have victory. Favor 
The favor of God produces victory. And you can read that in Joshua 11.20. Joshua 11.20. Favor. The favor of God. Favor of God surrounds me like a shield, producing supernatural increase. Okay. Victory. Recognition. Okay, do I need recognition? No, I don't need recognition. But if you do something worth being recognized, the opposite of that is doing something and not being recognized. I think the world should recognize the value of Jesus in this earth. And that has to do with recognition. So we pray for recognition. And here in Samuel 16.22, you can go and read about how favor of God brings recognition. It's not my idea. It's God's idea. Okay. How about preferential treatment? What does that mean? Preferential treatment means you don't have to um, be treated wrongly. You are treated preferentially, like you're special. That's the way every Christian ought to be treated. And that's the way you ought to treat every Christian you know with preferential treatment. So where do you see that at? I see that in the book of Esther 2, chapter 2, verse 17. So preferential treatment means being treated specially, no matter your age, your race, your, your faith. Preferential treatment is to be treated nicely, to be treated with respect. That's, and, and that's what we're talking about here in Esther 2, 17, getting things preferentially. Petitions granted. Well, you know, I don't know if you ever had any zoning board issues with the zoning board or whatever, but sometimes you have petitions that just need to be granted. There are people that sit in high places and judge judgeships and different things, and they need to have um, the, the, the final say over something you want to do. You have the favor of God, therefore petitions granted comes under the favor and that you can find in Esther chapter 5, verse 8. Okay, how about laws changed? Right now, there are a lot of people running to change the laws and to actually outlaw believing uh, in God. And if you don't believe that, you're you got your head in the sand. Uh, right now, it's very close to it being illegal to talk about God in school, obviously, right? Uh, people can get in trouble. We need laws changed. We need laws changed. We need it to go back to where it was, where we had the freedom of speech to believe and say whatever it is we are called to do. Uh, laws changed, Esther 8.5. Battles won that you don't have to fight. Battles won that you don't have to fight. You don't have to be fighting every day. The spiritual forces would love to occupy your brain in a battle that causes you to just not be able to think and meditate with the Lord. And so from that perspective, if we can occupy um, your brain, the demons like they can do that, then you won't, you're not free. So battles one that you don't have to fight is a big one. And that's uh, Psalm 44, verse 3. So if you're in a lawsuit, it's a battle. You shouldn't have, yes, you have to do your due diligence and, and, and respond to law, but knowing that God will fight the battle for you is a really big part of that. So we need to 
understand that God is ready to fight the battles for us. We tend to always want to fight them ourselves. We want to know all the answers. We want to know how it's going to be done. We want to know when it's going to be done. We are impatient people, but yet God has given us a kingdom. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus prayed that prayer and told us to do that. That's because he knows that if God's will is done on earth as it is in heaven, you'll have everything you want. And you won't be sick, you won't be broke, busted, sick, or disgusted. That's what Jesus knows. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. What's that? Our daily bread is how much money you need to live today, or how much peace you need to live today, or how much food, or how much, what do you need? Your daily bread is what you need every day. So thank you for the daily bread. Give us our daily bread. Forgive us. Forgive us our sins. Forgive us our debts. Forgive us whatever. As we forgive those who sin against us or trespass against us. So forgiveness only works if you're the one doing the forgiving also. Yes, I want forgiveness, but I also have to give forgiveness. So it's pretty amazing how the simple prayer, the Our Father itself, is addressing all the issues that we're talking about right within it. Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from those demons in charge, right? And lead us not, Lord, into temptation. Why? Because temptation leads to sin, and sin leads to the curse coming back. Yeah, but I can get forgiven. Yes, you can. If you judge yourself, you'll be forgiven. But if you don't call yourself guilty, then you're living with this curse that comes with the sin. So it's in calling ourselves guilty that we are redeemed. It's knowing that Jesus died for our sins that sets us free and then not judging others. So we have to realize that when we sit down to pray, and when we pray for whatever you want to be praying for, whether it's home, your home life, your family, your business, your social, whatever, whatever you're praying for, we have to pray knowing that God's Word will never return void. It will be carried out. It'll be carried out through the quantum laws that He created. I keep calling them the quantum laws because they are. They're laws that exist that are in the invisible realm that when you utilize what Jesus taught, activates a realm in which you cannot see, but it is causing things to manifest in your life. Say, what right now, Lord, uh, Art, my life is not uh, the way I want it to be. I, I seem to be... The, alone, or I, I'm, I'm not, I don't have the fullness of what I want in my life. It's not yet there. It's not manifested. How do I get it? You get it by taking God's promises and His Word and speaking that Word out loud daily and believing it. But see, the key is believing it. You know, I know people often will say, you know, I want a certain amount of money by a certain date, and they say it. And they think they believe it, but really they, they have head knowledge of it, but not necessarily heart knowledge. It has to drop from your head to your heart in order for the power of the faith 
to be activated in the quantum world. And the way that happens is by repetitively praising God, thanking God for the solution already taken care of, already done, already done, already. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I prayed for that last Thursday. Thank you, Lord. That's done. That's And whenever it comes up in your mind, it's done. It's done. It's not yet to come. Because if it's yet to come, then you are causing in the quantum world a situation to be created that's yet to come. It has to already be done. It's already done. It's already done. It just, and you don't have to say this, but you're awaiting the manifestation of what's already done. Everything you need, everything we want, has already been granted through favor, through Jesus the Christ. But we have to receive it by faith, and we have to receive it by believing, by believing, by believing that it's already done. It's already done. It's already done. And if you cannot bring yourself to believe something, then you're setting a prayer that's unrealistic. That's why I tell people when you set goals and and start out in prayer, pray for something maybe just a little smaller so that you can have the ability to see it come to pass, but then grow into it and watch as these miracles grow. You got to be able to believe it. If you don't believe it in your heart, then it will not manifest, or it will just take a lot longer to get here. I don't believe time is a factor. I believe we can get around time and get instantly. Matter of fact, the Bible refers many times to about this time tomorrow, it'll all be different. So we need to believe things will happen immediately, but we need to not ever quit on them coming. So if something doesn't manifest in your time frame, it's because you just need to keep believing. You need to keep believing. Keep the believing part to the point where you believe it so strongly that there's no other way to go. There's just no other way to go. And that is exactly what the Word of God is for. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. If you don't say the Word, you can't hear the Word. So what I do, and I take these promises that God has made, and I repeat them out loud every day, and I repeat them extremely strong, as strong as I can. I don't get up and and say, well, my God supplies all my needs according to His riches and glory. No, I want to believe it. My God said He would supply all my needs according to His riches and glory through Christ Jesus, Philippians 4.19. I decree that over my life. I receive that into my world. I expect it's already done, and I'm watching it manifest daily. The favor of God surrounds me like a shield, producing supernatural increase, promotion, restoration, honor, increased assets, preferential treatment, petitions granted, policies and rules changed, battles won that I don't have to fight, right? But say it like you mean it. Say it like it's real. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Oh, Art, that's just the name it and claim it bunch. That couldn't be more of a lie than anything I've ever heard when you say that. All you're doing is picking up a sentence that somebody invented to take the power out of the Word of God, and you're repeating it in your life, so guaranteed it won't work for you. It is not that at all. It is 
speaking God's word, which is the most powerful asset we've been given, into a quantum world that refuses to not respond. It always responds to God's word when it's spoken by a believer who believes what they're praying, what they're saying. And that is how it works. So for anyone to contradict that, you haven't read the Bible, and you certainly haven't asked the Holy Spirit for help. So as we talk about these things, and we talk about what's going on now around the world, pick up the Word of God and start to speak it each and every day over your life, over them, over the countries. Let's take authority over the demons that have taken authority over us, because greater is He that's in us than He that is in the world. But we've got to believe in this powerful potential. If we don't believe in it, Satan has full control over your life. He tells you, sit down, don't rock the boat. That's what he tells you, especially now. Ooh, you don't want to rock the boat, man. They'll find out who you are, and they'll come and get you, especially if you are speaking out. Well, let them come. Let them get a good dose of the Word of God, because God's Word never returns void. They came and got Daniel. They threw him in the lion's den, but the lions refused to bite him, to eat him. Okay, but then they threw the accusers in there the next day, and the lions definitely made a meal of them. So we have work to do, and this program called All In is about that work. It is about waking up, taking God's word, and realizing that that God's word is what's doing the work. God's word is doing the work. It's not you. It's not me. It's not like Aladdin's lamp here. Okay, where I have the uh, genie and I can grant your wishes. God's word in the earth's quantum system never returns void when spoken by a believer who actually believes. And that system that God created, that's why God can say it never returns void, because he created a system that guarantees every one of his words will come to pass if it's spoken by a believer who believes. So if you're not getting results, it's not God's fault. If something just happened to you, it's not God's fault. God didn't do it to you. What he did is he sent his only son into the earth to deliver you from every evil in this planet. And believe me, there are evils run by demons, and they're running rampant. So we have no choice as believers other than to take God's word and decree victory every day. Now, where do the devils get their power? Let's talk about that. Devils get their power from people's speech. They do. They get their power from people's speech. Proverbs 18.21 The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. You notice sometimes you say things you shouldn't say about yourself. You say things you shouldn't say about anything, contrary to the Word of God. Let's take an example of a weather person coming on the air and telling you about the most awfulest storm that's coming down the pike uh, to your neck of the woods. And it could be a tornado, it could be uh, uh, big heavy-duty winds, whatever, anything coming your way. And all of a sudden, you start calling all your friends and telling them this is about to happen. You are now empowering the demons that are bringing that storm legally to continue to bring it because the words of your mouth, and you believe it now because you heard the weatherman say it. Once you hear that guy say it, or a girl, then all of a sudden you believe it, 
so strongly that you begin to call everyone and proclaim it as a fact. When in fact, I know for sure, because I've spoken with people who've done this and I've done it myself, where we can speak against the storm and literally diffuse it. Jesus did it in the boat when they said, don't you care? We're all going to be killed. The storm is here. And he said, peace, be still. And all of a sudden, the winds calm down. So the opposite of doing what Jesus did is to listen to the weatherman, believe it like it's law, and call all your friends and decree it. Now you've given the demons the legal authority to make it even worse than it was going to be. Do you see that? Can you see it? The power of life and death is in the tongue. It says it right here in Proverbs 18.21. That's it. Now, how are we going to resist all this stuff? How do we protect ourselves from being uh, caught up in all of this? In Ephesians 6, 1, 1, it talks about putting on the full armor of God, that you can stand against the devil's schemes. You've got to put on the, the armor in order to resist the devil's schemes. He is a schemer. He is a schemer. He dreams up bad things one right after the other. There is a devil. His name was Lucifer. Now he needs your mouth and your words to accompany his dreams in order for him to pull it off in this planet. And if you cooperate with him, he will run thoughts through your mind all day long. Hey, this could happen really bad. This could really go bad. Do you want to, oh, your kids, they're going to be in tr- you know, trouble. Could you, you know, all these thoughts. And when thoughts are passing by, That's all they're doing until you take one and say, oh, I believe that. I believe that could happen. Now he's got you believing something. And then you start to say something about that with your mouth. And the power of life and death is now in the quantum world guaranteeing something might happen, will happen, depending on how strongly you believe it. So demons want to use your speech. And if you will give them your mouth and allow anything to come out of it, lose control, lose your temper, speak words that you'd never speak, and then go to church on Sunday, I'm going to tell you something. The words you spoke on Monday, Sunday doesn't stop them because you spoke the ones when you were passionately mad and you believed in your heart. And the quantum world brings you the things you're saying. That's how it works. Devils get their power from people's speech. Put on the full armor of God. What is that? Well, we can talk about that. That's the breastplate of righteousness, you know, and the helmet of salvation, and girding your loins with the gospel of truth, and the boots, which are the preparation of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, and of course the sword, which is the holy word of God. We're talking about the word here. So I was talking about Daniel before, and um, and here is actually the scripture that goes with that. It's Daniel 6, uh, 7 through 10. The royal administrators, oh boy, the royal ones, and the, per, and the prefects, the satraps, the advisors, and the governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being 
During the next 30 days, except to the king, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. <coughs> now your majesty issued this decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered. Now they, were, they knew that they were after Daniel because he prayed every day. And they knew that Daniel had such favor on his life, the only way to get him was to trap, trap him with a, by trapping the king, by getting the king to say this. So the king Darius put the decree in writing. Nobody prays to anybody but me for the next 30 days. <laughs> well, now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he, he, when he heard it was published, he went home to his upstairs room where the, where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. <clears throat> Only now he knew there was a law that was passed, and he was not going to stop praying because of a government passing a law. Well, God's word never returns void. <clears throat> right now, I know a lot of people don't even aware of this, but you think about what was the most deaths that took place last year in this country, or around the world for that matter. And you could say, oh, it was COVID, or it was this, or it was that. No. It was abortion. And Lucifer has learned, Satan has learned to put his demons in there and get laws changed. If he can, cha if he can make it a law to do something, well, even though it's sin, it doesn't matter. If it's a law, then he can get people to do it. It's time for the Christians to be Christians and to make laws that glorify God. So we're getting into a season where we have to vote, get the right people in primaries, get the right people in office, and that season is upon us. As a Christian, you better show up. You better show up, and you better account for what you believe, and you better get it from the Lord. If you don't, I'll pray for you, but it won't be good. So, we're out of time. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And I am saying to you, uh, I hope to see you again next week on All In where we talk more about how to become more like God. It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time.